You know, sometimes when you're in front, you see things, and, and we started singing that, that old song, and some of y'all, that's the first time you smiled all morning. I was like, they're here. They may get some joy today. Amen. You may be seated. Pastor Appreciation Day for us, as you probably noticed on Facebook and other social medias that it's been happening uh, in a lot of churches this month. And so just wanted to give you a heads up. Being a pastor is easy. It's like riding a bike. Except the bike is on fire, you're on fire, and the whole world's on fire. Being a pastor can sometimes be thankless, but rewarding. And so I found a list of what a perfect pastor is. So I'm going to let you know. According to the list, our pastor is not perfect. Just to let you know. Of course, if you go to a church that has a perfect pastor... You're probably not at a, that church. You probably don't go to church because, well, we're all humans. But this list, I did not make the list up. I may have made a couple changes, but I did not make the list up. The perfect pastor preaches exactly 12 minutes, including, and finally, brethren. <laughs> Frequently condemns sin, but never your sin. Works from 8 a.m. until midnight. Makes $60 a week, but wears good clothes. Buys good books. Drives a good car and gives $80 a week to the poor. Now, this is... This is the odd one that I don't understand is he's 28 years old, or the pastor is 28 years old, but has preached for 30 years, <laughs> is gentle and handsome, gives himself completely to the people, but never gets too close to anyone so he won't be criticized, speaks boldly on social issues, but must never become politically involved. Has a burning desire to work with teenagers, but spends most of his time with the young at heart. <laughs> he makes 15 daily calls to church families, visits, shut-ins, and the hospitalized. Spends all his time evangelizing the unchurched and is always in his office and reachable by phone when needed. That's the perfect pastor in which no pastor ever achieves because we're all human. You and I, we're all human, and we expect that we're going to make mistakes. But sometimes we look at a pastor and go, he's supposed to have it all together. 
He's supposed to have the spiritual things down. He's supposed to be nice and gentle. He's supposed to speak every word is supposed to be correct. And we put such high expectations that when the pastor doesn't achieve those expectations, then we can be upset. We can be offended. And then we have church hurt because of our expectations were of perfect when we're dealing with humans. Now, we are supposed to honor our pastor. Pastors are God-ordained. Ephesians 4, 11 through 13 says, and I'm going to read from the King James for all you young people. Yeah. I went there. And he gave some apostles and some prophets and some evangelists and some pastors and teachers. Why did he give these? For the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ, till we all come in unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God unto a perfect man, unto the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. God gave us pastor, gave us a pastor. Now, if you feel like you should be a pastor, you better be called. Because if God did not call you to be a pastor and you're trying to fit yourself into that mold, you will fail miserably. It'd be like me going, I should be a basketball player. Just not going to happen. Jeremiah 23, 4 says, And I will set up shepherds over them which will, shall feed them, and they shall fear no more, nor be dismayed, neither shall they be lacking, saith the Lord. If you go to pastors in uh, Ephesians, and you look up what that means, it's basically a shepherd. A shepherd keeps sheep. What, how does the Bible refer to us as the saints of a church? As sheep. So obviously there's going to be a shepherd. And so we need to understand that. And as someone has been put as a shepherd above us, we need to listen and understand that God is speaking through them to us. And when he speaks, while he is human, and there will be some mistakes at some point in time, he is speaking on behalf of God. Now, I've said this many times to the young people, and I've even said it over the pulpit. If you go into pastor, because we're supposed to, we need to have input. Sister Becky just, we, she had a, a thing at her job, and she went in, and as soon as it happened, that night was a prayer meeting, I think it was, Wednesday night, Wednesday night, and she came in, pastor, this is an opportunity at my job, I know this is quick, because I got to give an answer tomorrow, do you, what do you think? Things like that we take to our spiritual leader. Because God gives him insights. There's things that he sees because he is praying for the body. 
And understand, our pastor prays for us. Our pastor goes to battle for us. And so when God gives him a word for us, we need to listen. Now, if we go into talk to pastor and tell pastor, this is what I'm going to do, what do you think? Don't be surprised if pastor goes, well, that sounds good. Just go ahead because you've made up your mind. You're not looking for input from the pastor. Now, if you go in there and go, you know what, pastor, this is an opportunity that I found. Can you pray with me so that I make the right decision? You're going to get a godly answer. And if we have any first-time guests, I'm sorry for uh, this is kind of a different message for a Sunday morning, but this is what the Lord has led me to, to talk about, preach about. And we need to, as those that are being led by a shepherd, protect our pastor. Today, the title of a message is uh, lift, lift, lift Up His Hands. We're going to go from, uh, or if I can find it in my notes, Exodus 17, 9 through 13. And Moses said unto Joshua, Choose us out, men, and go out, fight with Amalek tomorrow. And I will stand on the top of a hill with my, the rod of God in my hand. So Joshua did as Moses said to him and fought with Amalek. And Moses, Aaron, and Hur went up to the top of the hill. And it came to pass when Moses held up his hand that Israel prevailed. And when he let down his hand, Amalek prevailed. But Moses, Moses' hands were heavy, and they took a stone and put it under him. And he sat thereon, and Aaron and Hur stayed up his hands, the one on the one side and the other on the other side. And his hands were steady until going down of the sun. And Joshua discomforted Amalek and his people with the edge of the sword. That discomfort is basically defeated. See, Moses, through the whole time, was the shepherd. But if you read through Scripture, God never left him alone. Our shepherd is never to be alone. He is not to have to carry the weight of the church, the weight of this congregation on his own. We are to, be, to pull together and help lift up that load. See, when we start working together, Battles are won. We start seeing souls being saved to the kingdom because we are not letting the pastor stand by himself. And see, it's not just, well, the pastoral staff's doing that. Pastor shouldn't be the only one teaching Bible studies. Pastor shouldn't be the only one reaching for the lost. Pastor shouldn't be the only one praying for the sick. Now, it does call for the elders of the church, but if you have a friend in the hospital, you have the Holy Ghost. You can walk into your friend's or family member's house, room, 
and pray for them. Now understand, pastor would be happy to go and pray. I'm not saying that he doesn't want to do this stuff. But I'm saying some responsibilities fall on us. Some responsibilities, some spiritual responsibilities. Now I will say that I will take all the help in the, that you can give cleaning these chairs out and putting them back in to help pastor. But I'm speaking more of a, than a physical helping around the church. We do need that. I'm talking about a spiritual holding up the hands of our pastor. 2 Samuel 21, 15 through 17, David and the Israelites went out to fight the Philistines. And David was older, and in the battle, see, this was after Bathsheba. He had learned his lesson about staying in when he was supposed to be out battling. So David was like, that's not going to happen again. So I'm going to go out. Now, he had gotten older. He didn't have the stamina and the strength that he used to have. So the sons of the giants, one of the sons of the giants thought he had him cornered and was going to kill David. And one of David's men came over and killed the giant. And the men of Israel said, David, you're much too valuable to be putting yourself in those situations. We will handle the battle. I'm not saying that our pastor is too old or anything like that. What I'm saying is that there's a responsibility on us. That in this battle, our pastor cannot go alone. Our pastor cannot be fighting by himself. We have to stand up as men and women of God and fight with him. This is not stuck on just the pastoral staff on the staff of the department heads, this is every single one of us who call him pastor. And there's a difference there. You can show up to this church and not have a pastor. If you call Brother Sabolchi pastor, God has called you to fight with him. To lift him up. We are going to pray for pastor in just a minute. In uh, Numbers chapter 11, Moses is complaining about basically being left alone. How am I supposed to do this by myself? And God says, call the 70 elders together. And I'm going to take the spirit that is on you and put it on them. Now, if you're here and you call Brother Sabolchi pastor, consider yourself an elder. We are to come together and go, Lord, I pray the same spirit that you've got on my pastor for this area comes on me so that we can walk together and win this city for the Lord. Not as a separate, as my own anointing, as my own spirit, as I'm doing my own thing, as come together as the body. We are to lift the hands of our pastor. 
I didn't want to say this over the pulpit because I've told some people. I've had three pastors in my lifetime. Brother Brideup, who moved when I was two years old. He became the district superintendent of Illinois and moved. And then I had Brother Switzer, Sister Switzer. And I was here all my life. I've gone here all my life. If you don't know me, my name is Mike Poole. I've gone here all my life, and I've been active in the church. I haven't always been right with God, but I've been active in the church. And towards the end of when uh, Brother, Brother Switzer was getting older and was starting to get sick, um, I was active. I was on the platform. But I wasn't mentally, spiritually aware of what was going on and the attacks that my pastor and pastor's wife were going under. And when I went, when all this happened and everything happened that, that happened through the years, I looked back with the spiritual eye. It's one of my deepest regrets. And I, I apologize, Sister Switzer. Because I wasn't there lifting up my pastor's hands. And I could see the effect after it happened. Not that I was something, but I was someone that could stand in the gap, stand up with my shield of faith against the fiery darts of the enemy that was coming against my pastor, against the leadership of this church. And I failed. And there were consequences to that. That's when I said, it's not going to happen again. I'm not going to put down my shield of faith. I'm not going to let my pastor's hands fall. Because it's too important for us all to work together for the kingdom. Because really, it's not just about the people inside these four walls. It's about the 40-something thousand people in Belleville. It's about the people in Swansea. It's about the people in Fairview Heights and O'Fallon that don't know Jesus. And if we're all doing our separate things and we're not do, working together, that will never happen. We will never see them one. We have to lift up the hands of the pastor. We have to, we've been, you can either learn going through something or learn from other people's stupidity. Learn from this guy. Don't let it happen to your pastor. Wherever you sit in this, in this room, don't let it happen to your pastor. Determine that, you know what, God? I'm going to align with you. Because if, if you want to align with God, you're going to align with your pastor. Used, they used to say it. If you're not right with the pastor, you're not right with the master. Are we here for the kingdom? Or are we here to have our own way? Are we here for the kingdom or are we just checking off a box that we went to church? Oh, we have the Holy Ghost. I've been to church. But that's all that's required. 
If you think that's the case, I pray that you will start reading your Bible. Because that's not all we're here for. We're not here just to to sit in our pew. We're not here just to have a good time during a church service. We're here to win the lost. We're here to go, God's done such great things in me, he can do it for you. To our neighbors who are going through all kinds of junk, God saved me. God's given me peace. God's given me joy, and he can do it for you. But to do that, we have to work as a family, as a body, according to Scripture. So if we could all stand. Pastor, Sister Dory, I'm going to ask you to come forward one more time. I'm going to have you stand right down here. If I could have the pastoral staff, and if you're a deacon or a trustee or have been, could you come forward, please? Today, we are going to lift up the pastor's hand. We as a congregation are going to make a choice. Are we going to align ourselves with the master or do our own thing? So I'm going to ask, uh, where's my wife? Sister Becca, Sister Hannah. gathering closer because if you would come forward, if everyone would come forward, we are going to pray for our pastor and pastor's wife. First. And then we're going to pray with our pastor and pastor's wife that we will see the greatest revival this city has ever seen. There are huge tent, tent revivals back in, back when this church first started. We want to see greater. God said we're going to see greater. And that takes us becoming right with the master and right with our pastor. So if you're not close to the pastor and Sister Dory, could you reach, reach your hand out? If you could lay your hands on those that are close. Lord, We thank you for our pastor and pastor's wife. We thank you for the example that you've given us of love. We thank you for their lives that you've given us. We thank you for their dedication. Right now, Lord, we lift up our pastor's hands and say, Lord, we are aligning with you. We pray that you will protect our pastor and his family. Lord, that you will have them walk in perfect health that you will give them a renewed mind and a renewed heart. You will strengthen them. Lord, that the spirit that you've given to our pastor, that you will have it fall on us, that we will be aligned with you and that we will walk together as a family, as a body, and reach the lost of this city. Lord, you have done such great things in this church. You've given us such great leadership, and we want to honor them, and we want to lift them up in prayer, and we want to protect them, Jesus. Get
Now, Lord, I pray that you will help us to see a greatest revival this city and this area has ever seen. Lord, I pray that whole churches will become, will come to know you, will come to know the truth. Lord, I pray that you will, we will see the seats filled with multiple services where we will need to build a new building. Lord, you, you have said that you will pour out your spirit to all flesh. You said that this is going to break out to the right and to the left. And it's going to be greater than we can ever imagine. Lord, we don't want to be on the outside looking in. Lord, we want to be right in the middle of this revival. And we want to be right with you. And we want to be right according to the word. And we